Hey, welcome back to Opa Ghost. I'm Heaven. I'm Jonathan. So what are we talking about today, Jonathan? Haunted dolls. <laughs> what was that? I really hate haunted dolls. I could not go to sleep last night because I was scared that my doll that I'm doing was going to come kill me. I wonder who your doll is, and I know of about four or five haunted dolls. And so I wonder if yours is one of those. I learned that there's a lot more out there than I thought there were. And that oh, yeah. just rocked my world. I hate dolls. The one I did is pretty famous. If you've got anywhere near in the paranormal world, you've heard of it. Right. For most people, it maybe isn't much of a surprise. It's in a museum, and I'm not so sure that I would go see it. Yeah, I wouldn't see any of them ever. No, thank you. I think mine is scarier than the Annabelle doll. I know a little bit about yours from a couple paranormal shows I've watched, but I don't know like the history, so I'm intrigued to find out why he's scary. Well, I have plenty of that. Unrelated to the doll that I'm doing, did you know there's a haunted Elmo doll? No. There was an Elmo that was a knows your name Elmo doll in 2008. And I guess you would like teach it your name. It would record it and then talk to the kid or whatever. And when the parents changed the batteries in it, it went from saying it's normal sayings to the little boy to saying kill James. <laughs> what? Yes. In the little Elmo voice. Yes. In the little Elmo voice. Instead of being like, hi, James, let's play. It would say kill James as Elmo. That would be weird. How does changing batteries affect that? I don't know. There's more to that story that I don't know. And I'm, <laughs> you know me, I'm a skeptic a with everything. And he haunts an Elmo and he wants to kill James. It's very simple. Yeah, I just, when I hear that kind of stuff, my first thought is when I die, I'm not going to haunt an Elmo doll of all the things in the world to haunt. It's not a terrible idea. I mean, it could be worse. Especially if you could like, be the Elmo doll that goes to your grandchildren. But you're, I mean, that's, for a minute there, I thought, well, th well, that sounds sweet. But this, you <laughs> no. know, when it says kill James, there's nothing sweet about no, that. No, not really, no. Okay, so do you want to hear about the doll that I'm going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm doing <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to say one of three words. Who are the three that you think I could be doing? So there's Okiku that's pretty famous. There's Lily, obviously. I don't know if you know who Lily is. Yeah, isn't she Zach's doll? Yeah. I was going to do research her, and then I realized she was a Zach doll, and I was like, yeah, I don't know how much credibility that has. Right. The only other two I know about, there's a doll named Ruby, and the other one is this creepy wooden doll thing. I mean, the whole thing's not wood, but the face is made of wood. Do you remember uh, Mr. Pinocchio? Rogers' Neighborhood? <laughs> yes. Pinocchio. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, there was a, one of his puppets was like the museum owner or whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. She had this kind of scary face. Uh-huh. She kind of has a face like that. Are you talking about Letta? Yeah. Yeah. I almost did Letta. I started researching Letta until I found this doll. So those are the only ones I know other than the one I'm doing. None of the above. None of the above. Awesome. Okay, so my doll is Harold, the haunted doll. Harold. Most of my research came from a book by Anthony Quinata, which is the man who owns Harold now. It's called Harold, the haunted doll. That's where I probably saw it. The book? No, the featured on... Oh, Zach Baggins, yeah. Yeah, that's where I would have seen it. I was trying to figure out why I thought it was familiar, because I don't know much about it, but go ahead. And then I also just read an interview with Anthony, the owner of the doll, on studyparanormal.wordpress.com. Harold the Haunted Doll belongs to a man named Anthony Quinata. He has a few paranormal books out, and he's written the one about Harold that I just told you about, which was actually how he came to own Harold. He was going to write a book called Haunted eBay. He began bidding on and winning objects that he thought might actually be haunted, and others that he thought would be total scams. And then he wanted to do his own research and investigations on each item. He was going to write a chapter on each one, and he knew he absolutely needed to do a chapter on haunted dolls. He actually already had a doll in mind for the chapter, but that was until he ran across 
the listing for Harold in 2004. He bid on Harold and won it from an eBay seller named Kathy. Kathy had previously won the doll from another seller named Greg. And the interesting thing about that is that Greg came out in 2009 saying that he entirely made up everything about the story of Harold being haunted. So Greg initially sold him. He sold him to? Greg sold Harold to Kathy. To Kathy. Kathy sold Harold to Anthony, who currently has him. Okay. Five years after Anthony bought it, Greg came out and was like, yeah, I made all that up. He's not actually haunted. But... So Greg made up the story because he thought that he could get some extra money out of the listing if he said the doll was haunted. See, that sounds like someone else's shtick right there. (laughs) Nobody wants my dolls for nothing. They've got to be haunted. Anyway. I mean, they could be. They Well, the ballerina is. I can promise you that. Anyway, Anthony wins Harold from Kathy on eBay in 2004, and he keeps it out of the public eye for the next nine years. Until he finds out that there's a lot of people interested in Harold's story and also that all that they knew about Harold was what they had learned from Greg from his initial listing. While Greg may have completely lied about his experiences with Harold, Anthony has had his own experiences over the past nine years, so much so that he said if he knew what he knew now and he could go back in time, he would have never bid on Harold. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Some buyer's remorse. Yeah, definitely. If what Anthony says is true, that's the most buyer's remorse anyone's ever had on the planet. So who is Harold? Do you want to know who Harold is? Of course I do. I'm, <laughs> I'm anxious because right now he's this doll that's not, he's, you know. He's not actually haunted. He's Yeah. So he's like just a, just a doll and I want to know why he's haunted. Anthony says through his investigation, he's discovered that there are five spirits that are haunting Harold. Four of them being human, one of them being non-human. He believes he knows the name of the non-human entity. It is in the Bible as the Prince of Hell. The Prince of Hell. He also knows that one of the human entities is actually named Harold, and he has pictures of Harold when he was alive and says he knows when he died. The interesting thing about that is if you ask Greg, the original owner, he'll say he just picked the name Harold completely at random. But according to Anthony, it wasn't random at all. There really is a herald inside of the doll. And they must have just had more than some weird coincidence. Hmm. Two more of the entities are a young woman and her sister and those two are being held prisoner by the demon. And those two girls were somehow related to Harold in life. The last entity, Anthony says, is a little boy that is trapped in the doll. But he hasn't found a connection to the other three yet. I have so many questions. How does he know all of these are in there? You know, how did this doll go from zero to possessed by demons and four other ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. Again, I don't want to steal your thunder. So one thing is that Anthony said a big part of the reason he never shared his experiences with Harold before now was because if people did any research on Harold or investigated him, he didn't want to end up with a Philip experiment. And that makes sense. And that's kind of what I was thinking at first when you were going through all this. He's not, turns out he's not haunted, but everybody's believed him to be haunted for all this time. So maybe we've got, you know, an egregore situation or a thought form situation. So did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Really, that would be the thing that would make like the most sense to me. But it's not what Anthony thinks. This was Greg's fake story about Harold. He found Harold at a flea market, and the man selling him told him that he had bought Harold for his son, who died when he was only a couple years old. And after his son died, they would hear crying coming from his bedroom and stuff banging around. But when they would go in there, there was nothing in the room except Harold. Eventually, they put Harold outside in a shed and went on with their lives. 
until years later deciding that it wasn't good for them to continue to hang on to Harold. So Greg bought him and immediately began having negative experiences. He said his cat died, his girlfriend left him, he started having chronic migraines, and he began to hear the sounds of children crying and laughing coming from his basement. He put Harold in an armadillo coffin in his basement, and he left him there for over a year before deciding that Harold needed to go. So he listed him on eBay, and after a couple failed auctions, he was purchased by Kathy. Kathy didn't believe that Harold was haunted. She wanted him to practice restoring old dolls. Makes sense. He's pretty broken and awful looking. It'd be a great practice. Yeah, he could use some restoration, that's for sure. Yeah. But immediately things start happening. Three people, including Kathy, had their backs go out on them within the first two weeks of her having Harold. Her aunt that had just gotten married came down with pneumonia and shingles. A few weeks after Harold came, Kathy and her fiancé went on a cruise. Kathy's luggage was lost the entire trip and reappeared the day they were leaving. The last story Kathy tells is that there was a couple that they knew from work named John and Veronica. John and Veronica loved to travel. Before leaving for a trip to Amsterdam, they came to have dinner at Kathy's, and Veronica asked if she could see Harold. Then, while in Amsterdam, Veronica fell down the stairs of the balcony and died. What? Right? (laughs) Just from glancing at a doll. So, all of these bad things happened, like, very soon after. Yeah. Not like over the course of 10 years. Within a week or a couple days, yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, Kathy's fiancé told her she needed to get rid of the doll, so she listed him on eBay, and that's where Anthony came in. When Harold came to finally be with Anthony, Anthony right away started doing some paranormal investigations on him. He got out the EMF and different meters to see if anything would go off, and he got nothing. He did some EVPs and still nothing. Then he decided to ask his friend April, who has an ability known as psychometry, where she gets visions from something just by touching it. He asked her to meet up with him and take a look at all the supposedly haunted objects that he'd recently purchased off eBay, and he decided to save Harold for last. He wanted to compare what she said with what the people listing them on eBay had said. But when he pulled Harold out, she said, is that Harold? Without knowing the doll's name. Well, no. He asked her how she knew about Harold, and she replied, he's all over the internet. Ah... Which is true because when Greg was selling him, it became such a crazy story that Harold was even featured on that show you always talk about, that Coast to Coast. Oh, uh, Art Bell's Coast to Coast, yeah. Yeah, he was on there. Fake Harold was on there. (laughs) (laughs) Fake Harold. Well, yeah, he wasn't haunted back then. Anthony sprinkles holy water on Harold. April kind of chuckles at him for doing that, and then she picks up Harold. She tells Anthony that the spirit inside Harold is either a child abuser or an abused child or both. But then she started crying and told Anthony she couldn't continue. When he asked her why, she said, he just told me he's going to kill me. What? This is in the fake haunted doll, but she's, you know, psychic. Now it's really haunted because it's with Anthony now. Right. I guess. Or it was always haunted. But Greg didn't know that, and he just made up a story. I don't frickin' know. That seems the most likely, assuming if all this stuff is true, that's the most likely, is that he was already haunted, and Greg just made up a story. Yeah, he just got lucky. I mean, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Okay, Okay, Grandpa. (laughs) Anyway. The look on your face was absolutely priceless. Anthony brushed it off as April always having a flair for the dramatic. April continues by saying she's sorry, but she has a heart murmur, and when Harold said he was going to kill her, it felt like he had grabbed her by the heart. Anthony said he wasn't sure if he believed her, but they wrapped the session up and he went home to listen to his recorder and see if he captured any EVPs during his time with April. And boy, did he. (laughs) You looked like you were frozen. I'm just, I'm like, okay, what did he say? It looked like Zoom had broken. And you were just frozen in place. I'm enwrapped in your story. So there was nothing at all on the EVPs until they got to Harold. While April was laughing at him for using the holy water, there was a male voice that shouted, shut up. Class A. The way that he's describing them was like they were. He never said like, 
it sounded like or it was hard to tell, but it was like these crazy sentences that he clearly says he heard. Hmm. And while the holy water was being sprinkled, he heard what he described as an agonizing scream that sent chills up and down his spine. When April was describing who the spirit could be, the recorder picked up an angry roar and then a male voice shouting, I'm going to kill you, bitch. And that is when April told him she couldn't continue. If you watch enough of these ghost shows, you hear roars and supposed screams, but they're usually so full of air and stuff. If I blow on the mic, it would make kind of the same noise. Right. Even just moving it around makes a bunch of noise. Could you imagine getting a full sentence like that as an EVP? Yes. Something that says, I'm going to kill you, bitch. That's unmistakable. If that was real, I'd be terrified. Hearing that and the, the noises in the same breath, for lack of a better word, that would be unnerving. Yeah, I agree completely. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably retire as a ghost hunter. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to need more than that to get me to retire. The next time Anthony got an EVP, he had taken Harold to show to a friend of his that worked at a used bookstore. She brought a few of her friends and they all sat around in a circle looking at Harold and asking Anthony questions about him. They had all also brought crystals for protection and pulled them out because the energy coming from Harold was dark and scary. When he listened back to the EVPs, he said there was this loud humming sound after they had pulled out the crystals. That's interesting. After he cleaned it up, he heard a voice saying, damn it, stop it, and then a growl. Like the crystals were bothering it. Uh-huh. Yep. Anthony also tried taking the doll to a mother-daughter palm reader psychic duo on a boardwalk in California. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just sounds funny to me. Mother-daughter psychic duo. That sounds like an Opa goes field trip. With a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to have your shop where you got to have your shop, right? I mean, the boardwalk wouldn't be a bad place, I suppose. I guess not. Lots of traffic. Yeah. They took one look at Harold and told him that he had to leave and they could not help him. Wow. Rejected. Mm -hmm. It's funny, though, because when people do have things like that, either that or in their house and they go seeking help from some of the, quote, professionals, it's weird that some of them say, nope, we can't do that. We can't help you. You're on your own. Like you've made them too uncomfortable with your weird problem. Yeah. Even the church sometimes is the same way, you know. Yeah. So Anthony also described an experience where he went to the Whaley House in old San Diego. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. I had no idea what it was. Pretty famous haunted house in, in the area, actually. Probably the most famous in that area, short of. The book says it was the most haunted house in America. Well, the Myrtle's Plantation says that, too. So, <laughs> So he took Harold there. Anthony left Harold in a bag behind a door on the second floor and set up a recorder. Like in a backpack? Uh, no, actually, it was kind of like a uh, like a shopping bag that he was given Harold in. <laughs> okay. Harold always remained in this weird shopping bag, except for when Zach took him. Okay. There were a couple girls visiting from the UK who were there just hoping to see a ghost. Anthony talked to them for a little bit, and when they left, he retrieved the recorder and went back to listen to it. So in the part where he was listening to him and the girls talking... Mm -hmm. He heard a voice, a male voice say, go for it. You can get some. So like Harold's giving him some dating advice here. Yeah. And then the EVP continued, but I'm not going to repeat what it said. It was a lot of really like gross things about the girls. You can read it in the book if you'd like. Okay. That's really weird. Anthony said it continued saying things about them the whole time that he was talking to them. And then when they left, the voice groaned and said, I am so disappointed with you because he didn't make a move. Right. So he thinks this was Harold. Yes. Or whatever is inside Harold. And not something in because the Whaley house was a... That's something else I didn't think about. You're ghost hunting in these haunted places. Yeah. The Whaley house was basically... There were people executed right outside. Oh, wow. It was like the courthouse. If I'm thinking of the right place, there was something associated with, I think there was a jail there it was or a courthouse. People were hung right outside. So you would have had, you know, criminals. Right. Lots of ridiculous criminals. Yeah. That would also maybe say those kinds of things, perhaps. That's a really good point, Jonathan. Look at you being the professional ghost investigator over here. What? 
what? See, <laughs> you can't fire me. You need my... <laughs> I can't fire you. All these crazy experiences happen to the people around Anthony. People who have seen the doll. There's several more in the book that I just didn't go into. There's a friend who has bite marks on her finger, and they what? look exactly like the shape of the teeth of the doll. That's weird. There's investigators who try to do tests on the doll and end up getting sick or injured immediately after. Wow. There's also quite a few people who reach out because Anthony would post vlogs on YouTube about bits and pieces of what he was experiencing. So people would reach out and say that they're psychic and this is the information they're getting from Harold. And I'd say most of them don't match what the others would say, but a few of them did corroborate with others. In my opinion, it's not enough to say, oh, I 100% know that this person died and is trapped in this doll just because a couple right. psychics said it. Yeah, a couple of internet psychics. Exactly. YouTube psychics. So since he had put so much stuff online and Harold was getting a lot of attention, he was noticed by a Mr. Zach Bagelbites. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zach's team reached out to Anthony and asked if they could take Harold to the Island of the Dolls because, in their opinion, if they could bring a already haunted doll out to the island, maybe they could get some different activity. Not a bad theory. No, not a bad theory. Okay. But, you know, everything's a demon, so you can guess how it went. Yeah, I guess I kind of can, can I? Yeah. <laughs> You could go watch the episode, but he didn't talk that much about it in his book, just that Harold was not happy to have been sent away. Didn't like the field trip, did he? No, he didn't. And he inflicted some sickness and pain upon Anthony when he returned home. I think he like knocked him out like he was on the floor unconscious for he doesn't know how long. Really? Yeah. There were a lot of weird things in this book. I don't know that I believe them all. I don't know about Harold. I'm not going to discount him. It gets weirder. Oh, you have more? Uh-huh. Oh, let's hear it. This is where the book took a real weird turn for me. I mean, it's already kind of weird, but go ahead. So one of the people who reaches out is a woman in Australia. He calls her Jane. Why'd you make that face? Australia? Uh-huh. Where's he at currently? Somewhere in the United States, he kind of moves around Colorado, California, sometimes New York in the United States. Everywhere. Okay. It just seems like a long way away to. Yeah. She lives in Australia with her husband and her children. And one day somehow ran across one of Anthony's YouTube videos about Harold. She said she was just on normal YouTube and then somehow got into a video of Annabelle and was intrigued, so she watched the Annabelle video, and then that took her to Harold. But she doesn't believe in ghosts or any of that. And yes, she's watching these videos. Yep. Okay. She said she accidentally left the website up, and her son, Vincent, who was six years old, and he's on the autism spectrum, he saw a picture of Harold on the computer, and he said to his mommy, the baby hurts, baby is sad, he needs help. So Jane and Anthony begin this weird messaging relationship. It kind of seems that whatever spirit is in the doll keeps communicating with Vincent. And Anthony then thinks that he can like use that and use Vincent to get information out of him about the spirits that are in the doll. That sounds like a game of telephone. 100% that's all it is. And it's, it's him asking Jane, so what happened today? And then Jane will relay messages about this is what happened today. The like last 20 chapters of the book, and some chapters are like two pages long. Mm -hmm. The last 20 chapters of the book, he's really just like verbatim relaying their messages. Just like copy and paste the email chain. Basically, yeah. And like there were times where she'd be like, no, I don't want to tell you. And he'd be like, you need to tell me. And she'd say, but I don't want to. And he'd be like, tell me now. <laughs> like it was weird. It sounds very dramatic. Yeah. And just kind of like aggressively, unnecessarily aggressive on his part. Like leave her alone. I just don't know what to say about that. That just sounds. It was weird. Contrived. Uh-huh. And it just continues to get weirder and escalate more and more. It starts with him saying he sees a bad man. 
he draws drawings of what he sees and then he starts acting out at school more. Ravens show up pecking at his bedroom window. At one point, he calls his mom a bitch in one of his outbursts. And this is all thought to be the entities and the dolls speaking through him. Yeah, I'm just I'm just very skeptical, at least of this. I completely agree with you. But at this point, I was three hours into this four hour book and I was not giving up. (laughs) You are not winning. (laughs) So all these things go on for quite a while. And the whole time, Anthony's trying to figure out who's trapped in the doll and how can he release them, which sounds like a bad idea to me. And in the end, solely because of the information that Jane relays to him, videos she sends him of Vincent having outbursts and pictures of Vincent's drawings, Anthony decides that the main issue is that there is a demon that is basically in control of the doll. Anthony says, I don't own the doll. I'm just the caretaker. The demon owns the doll. This whole thing just reminds me of confirmation bias. I believe uh-huh. it's it's haunted. And so someone else is now telling me what I already believe. And so that confirms my beliefs. And so it's this is the fact. Mm-hmm. And now, now what do you do? So all throughout this, anytime that she tells him that like Vincent is acting out or being weird, he like walks her through how to put holy water on him and sprinkle salt on her kid and like do these weird rituals. It's like, I don't think you have the expertise to be telling her how to do this. Yeah. Where did you learn this stuff? Does it work? See, this is the thing. The Ravens will show up knocking on Vincent's window. And when she tells Anthony the Ravens are back, he'll go sprinkle holy water on Harold. And he says he doesn't tell her that he's doing this, but then he'll text her and say, so where are the Ravens at now? And she'll say, oh, they've moved backwards to the fence. Shocker. And he's like, how did it happen right when I did the holy water? So I don't know if Harold's haunted. But anyway, so this demon that owns the doll is keeping four souls trapped inside of the doll. Don't know for why or what reason. But he makes Jane talk to the Catholic Church and explain to them that Vincent has been diabolically oppressed and they need to perform a rite of deliverance on him, which seems to me like a mini exorcism. Mm -hmm. Less crawling on the ceilings and projectile vomiting, but still. Right. He's not possessed. Right. (laughs) So that's kind of where the story of Harold ends as of now. Everything in Vincent's life went back to normal after the, the rite of deliverance. The demon is still attached to the doll and just tormenting Anthony and not Vincent. And Anthony says he will not sell or destroy the doll. He says people have offered me anywhere from $5 to $50,000 for him and I won't get rid of him. You know, for 50 large, I might go ahead and get rid of him. (laughs) Same. There you go, buddy. You got yourself a new fam. (laughs) (laughs) Go torment them. He says he will be keeping Harold until he can unravel the full mystery and set the spirits free. Well, I wonder how much money he's made off of Harold and the whole story. And Right, because he did write a book about it. All that to say, I'm still scared of Harold because I was reading a whole book about him. And now what if he starts tormenting me? You know, that's the thing. You just don't know. And I'm not discounting that Harold is haunted. I'm just having a hard time with it. I'm not sure what to believe. You know, it's kind of like when you hear other people telling their ghost stories, the things that happened to them on some of the other podcasts and You know, I listen to them and I... It's always hard to know whether to believe someone or not. Sometimes people are just bad at telling a story, you know? So how do you tell? Yeah. Okay, I want to hear all about your doll because I have a feeling it's going to give me nightmares. You have said some things about Harold that I would not say about Robert the doll because Robert is vindictive, I believe. Robert will mess with you. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Like in the way that they say Harold messes with you, like Robert actually will do this. Oh, yeah. We'll get into it. Jonathan. I. So just be nice when you're talking about Robert. Okay, I will. That's all I'm saying. I won't badmouth him. I didn't badmouth Harold. I badmouthed Anthony. I mean, I have problems with Robert's story also. And I'm absolutely willing to just to talk about I'm those just going to put it out there, Harold. I think you're great. It had nothing to do with you. Okay, you're great. Yes, Harold, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and same with you, Robert. You're a doll. Yes, Robert, Get you're... Get it? 
You're a doll. You're a doll. He is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so I got my information from, there was a YouTube video that said the untold story of Robert the doll. Ooh. I will leave links to the video in the show notes. The house where all of this took place is now called the artist's house because the guy who it happened to later on in life became a at least locally famous artist. You can find his artwork on Google Images and things like that. So the artist's house today is a bed and breakfast, so you can go there and you can stay there. And supposedly uh, the house is haunted. He married a woman named Anne and her ghost has been seen in the house. That's cool. Where is it at? It's in Key West. Oh, we can't drive there. No, it's it's a well, you can, but (laughs) we're not going to. It's going to be a hell of a drive. I'm going to leave a link to the Artist House website and also to there's a booking.com site for it. And the booking.com has tons of photos of the house inside and out. So I'm going to leave that on there. Robert is currently located in the Fort East Martello Museum, which was an old Civil War fort that they converted into a museum. So Zach hasn't bought him yet. Zach has not bought him and won't be able to because I don't see the museum letting him go. Good. The museum's got some Civil War stuff because it was a Civil War fort. So there's some Civil War stuff. Artifacts. Artifacts. That's a better word. That kind of stuff. I think there's an art museum there, too, and, and a gallery for local artists and things like that. Robert the Doll is a huge draw for the museum. So I don't see them letting that cash cow go anytime soon. Let's talk about Robert. Okay. Multiple origin stories. I don't know which one to believe. And I don't know why with Eugene is the kid's name. They called him Gene. I don't know with him living so long why the origin story wasn't cleared up. But maybe Robert's story kind of didn't really come out until very late in that guy's life. And maybe even after he passed. One of the stories says... Thomas Otto bought the doll in 1904 on a trip to Germany for his grandson, the grandson being Eugene Otto. Um, Robert Eugene Otto is his actual name. Alternate story says that the doll was given to Thomas by a bohemian woman in retaliation for some unknown misdeed. Another story claims that the doll was given to Eugene as a gift by a maid who was mistreated and that she had cursed the doll with some voodoo or black magic or something. For me, the most realistic one is that it was bought by somebody, whether it was his grandfather or his father in Germany. And the reason for that is because the doll was made by the Steiff Company, which is a German company. They're the people who manufactured the original teddy bear. So it's actually believed that at the time they did a lot of stage props that Robert wasn't really a toy. He wasn't made as a child's toy. He was made as a stage prop. He's about three feet tall. Oh, wow. Has a stuffed dog with him. I thought he was tiny. No, the real one is like three feet tall. So the one that Jack had must be like a recreation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy recreations from them. And when you buy one from them, it comes with a little note inside and it says, I'll be watching you, Robert. Well, I hate that. Yeah, I do too. I was like, no, ma'am, I will not be buying one of those. Nope, I will not be buying one of those. Oh, God. Anyway, the company made props. And so Robert is a one of a kind. And because he's a one of a kind and not something that was mass produced, they think that the idea is that the grandfather went into a store at a, a Stife store or something and saw it and thought it would make a good gift and was allowed to buy it. So they don't think it was actually originally a child's toy. So if we go with that story, Eugene, again, who they called Gene, gets the doll as a gift around his eighth birthday and was excited because, according to the story, there weren't a lot of kids around that he could be friends with. The house had servants. It was an estate. Today, it's surrounded by other houses and buildings. It's not, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm not sure if it was then either. But the implication is that there wasn't a lot of people around for him to be friends with. So this doll comes along and he suddenly got a friend now. Robert wears a sailor's outfit that once belonged to Eugene himself when he was younger. 
I don't know what the doll looked like when it first showed up, but Eugene's mom put his old sailor's outfit on Gene. And so if you see pictures of Robert, you see that he's wearing that sailor's outfit. Weird. So they're inseparable. Gene wouldn't go anywhere without Robert, confides in him, speaks to him as if he's a real person, which is what you would expect a child to do, right? That's like the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, he's a kid acting like a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. According to the video, the parents start to get a little concerned about Eugene's behavior because of how close he is with the doll. But they write it off as, you know, he's a lonely child and he's just, you know, his imagination and being a kid, right? They also notice that Eugene has become possessive and obsessive over Robert and would lash out when the doll wasn't with him. Okay, that's a red flag. Yeah, that might be, maybe he is spending too much time with the doll. Yeah. One night after tucking Eugene into bed, Eugene's mom hears him whisper to Robert, which he often did. As she closes the bedroom door, she heard a deep guttural voice responding to Eugene. Stunned, she rushes back in and asks Eugene who was speaking. And of course, he says, Robert. No, throw away the whole kid. (laughs) That's awful. Well, did she say what the voice said or was it just she could hear? She just heard a deep voice. Oh, God. Nothing I've found ever said what he says. And not all of the things I read said it was a deep voice as much as it was just a voice that definitely wasn't Eugene. Right. So about a year into Robert being at the house, they noticed another shift in Gene's attitude. He'd gone from being a quiet, shy kid to this belligerent and possessive boy. But now... He's become meek and anxious. Lots of anxiety. Oh, that's kind of weird. Well. To go through so many drastic changes like that. Right. Well, the implication is, and the way I kind of see it all happening is, let's assume all of this is true. Right. Eugene has a best bud and the best buddy starts talking to him, you know, has lulled Gene into being, oh, we're friends, we're friends. And then once he's got him, then we're not, it's more of I'm in charge now and you're not. Just your standard abusive relationship. Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Eugene is taken to violent fits on occasion. Also, the guttural voice has become more frequent. And at night, constant commotion and the sound of breaking glass can be heard coming from Gene Eugene's room. And the video explains that it's almost nightly. I don't know if that's true. Wow. One time, the parents rush in and find that the... And this was apparently multiple occasions. They would go in and they would find that the furniture's been turned upside down. Other toys have been tore apart or smashed. And Eugene would often be cowering and Robert would be in his usual place. When asked what happened, of course, Eugene would reply that Robert did it. Do you get any inclination that uh, Gene's just like a little shit and thinks it's fun to blame the doll? I'm not sure. I need more information. Yeah. That's kind of the thing about this story. Even looking for information on Eugene himself, because again, Eugene kind of became a, you know, he left home, went to art school, studied in Paris, traveled abroad. So he had a full life. Yeah. Lived in New York City, comes back around 1934 marries a lady named Anne, who was a very accomplished pianist, played popular venues in New York as a pianist. And I believe she was a jazz pianist. He had a lot going for him. Yeah. It's hard to find much of that information. I would put in a Google search, Robert Eugene Otto, artist, painter, and everything that would come up would be Robert the Doll. Oh, yeah. There was almost nothing. The most stuff I found out about him came from the Artist House website. That's really sad. His legacy was destroyed by a haunted doll. Yeah, this haunted doll has really kind of taken over the story of him. So mother is disturbed by all this. Voice was especially worrisome since Gene could not have made such a deep voice at his age because he's only like eight when he got the doll. The impression I get is he only had it in the house for a few years before mom took it away. Hmm. Occasionally, she would even hear the voice over Eugene's voice. Wow. So one night, family settles down, and the peace is broken by screams from Eugene and the sound of things being broken again. So as usual, they rush to Eugene's room. They notice the deep voice and that it gets louder the closer they get to Eugene's room. As soon as they touch the doorknob, everything goes quiet. So what do they do? They they open the door and they go in the room and it's been destroyed. Toys broken, furniture smashed, the usual stuff. 
This time, Eugene is cowered in a corner under a sheet opposite his bed, and Robert's sitting on the bed. I don't like that. Yeah, who would, right? Eugene's mom, in a fit of rage, really, grabs the doll, rushes to the attic, tosses it in, and slams the door. Okay. So the destruction in Jean's room stops, but now they're hearing sounds coming from the attic. Oh, my God. They could hear Robert walking around up there, especially at night. This stuff terrified the staff. Almost all of them quit out of fear. And they all just said no. They said nope. They noped and got out. Wow. The story kind of just falls off from there. And I looked around trying to fill in blanks and couldn't. So... The next thing we really know is that at some point in the future, Eugene's parents die and he takes back possession of Robert. He basically comes back to the house. Robert's still there. Some speculate that he did it because he felt that he was equipped to deal with Robert because he had for so long. Mm-hmm. And instead of letting someone else take him and, you know, run the risk of them getting hurt. The house is located at 534 Eaton Street in Key West, again, now called the Artist House because Eugene became this artist. So he moves back into the house. Again, you can find some of his paintings online. He married Anne. They move in to Key West in 1934. He kept Robert propped up in a chair in the window in the turret room at the top of the house. If you look at a picture of the house, there's one room that's at the very, very top, and it's pretty much the only room up there. It's the turret room, and that's where his studio was. So he kept Robert in a chair by the window in the turret room. His wife did not like Robert, demanded (laughs) that he get rid of him. Damn wives. Yeah, or banish him to the attic or the basement, which did happen for a short time. But then the wife began experiencing nightmares about Robert, and supposedly Robert told Eugene that if he wasn't moved back, bad things would happen to his family. Uh, okay. Yeah. Soon afterward, he's put back in the turret room. So, yes, sir, whatever you wish. Again, I cannot tell you where any of this is coming from, but a lot of the places I looked all kind of had the same story. Right. People passing by on the street often said they felt odd walking by the house, and someone even claimed to see Robert move up there in the turret window. Oh, my gosh. Eugene passes away in 74 and passes away in 76. The next owner is a woman named Myrtle Reuter. Owner of the house? Yes. They die. They pass away. Family moves everything out of the house except Robert. Stop it. Nope. When she buys the house, Robert is sitting in a chair in the turret room. Oh, my gosh. That's just a horror movie in the making. You buy a house and there's a creepy doll left in a chair at the very top floor so you go all the way up to the top oh, of the house oh my god i would burn it instantly oh well she decided to keep it of course of course she did but of course it's robert so what do you think happens when she's cleaning she'll come in to clean the room and she'll notice robert's moved <laughs> i hate everything about this she started hearing footsteps around the house no visitors said that he would move and his blank expression would become one of rage if anyone spoke about him in a negative way some even reported seeing him vanish around corners going up the stairs or would hear him giggle i don't want to speak ill of robert but he is a 120 year old doll i think he's a cute little doll face is kind of interesting which if he was new would look totally normal but because he's kind of faded and old he's he's, looks a little interesting he kind of reminds me of a potato yeah kind of but people would see that and they would make fun of him and (gasps) i guess he would get angry and that's when his face would go from being the sweet face of robert to this angry face yeah i can't blame him for that i get it robert i mean i'd get mad if somebody was making fun of me too you're just a doll right what's a doll to do kill people (laughs) well after dealing with robert for years she decides to donate robert to the fort east martello museum in 1994 where he sits today in a glass case and if you've seen pictures of robert you've seen him behind a glass case what a random place to donate him to i wonder though because they were a prominent family Mm. Maybe because of the history of him being an artist and, you know, it is an art museum, too. And I imagine if you went there, they probably have some of his stuff. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Museum staff claim to find Robert in different positions and there are claims of phantom footsteps. His expression has been known to change and the staff itself have experienced rare diseases, marriage breakups and psychosis, according to the video. 
Okay. So visitors who mock him or laugh at his strange appearance would also experience paranormal activity at their homes. They would experience job losses, exceptional bad luck, rare cancers, car accidents, and untimely deaths. It's become so common that a warning was added to the display to explain who Robert is and to provide the visitor with the proper etiquette with which to approach Robert. Wow. Yeah, so it got to be such a problem that the sign literally says warning. We're tired of people calling us and saying, listen to what happened to me when I left. Oh, wait, it gets better. So some of the rules are always greet Robert and introduce yourself when you meet him. Don't tap on the glass, which you, come on, who's doing that anyway? (laughs) Don't tap on the glass. Do not make fun of Robert or his stuffed dog. Never question Robert's power or taunt him. Do not critique Robert's appearance or his outfit. Do not critique the letters pinned to the wall, which I'll get to. Always ask Robert's permission before taking a photo and thank Robert when you leave the exhibit or the museum. Wow. I don't know if those are all the rules, but those are definitely some of them. It's a good start. Visitors claim to see Robert's chest rise and fall. That's interesting. He's a breathing doll. What in the world? I don't know. It's also common for visitors to feel someone touch their knees while they're in there. Oh, God. Okay. And it was a fort. It was an operational fort that was being built during the Civil War. Did people in forts have knee fetishes? I don't understand. I don't know if, you know, it's haunted because it's a fort or is it haunted because of Robert? Robert. Or both. Both. Some people say that their cameras don't work when they're in Robert's presence, but work fine when they leave. GhostKeyWest.com says, though it's rare for death to be attributed to Robert the Doll, it has happened. A Key West ghost tour guide had the image of Robert the Doll tattooed on his arm and died shortly after it was completed. Because he didn't ask Robert's permission? I don't know. Weird. The museum keeps a record of all reported mishaps attributed to Robert. And over the decades, a wall has been dedicated to letters from past visitors begging for Robert's forgiveness, hoping to end whatever situation they ended up in. Today, there are over a thousand letters with more coming in each year. That's crazy. Yep. I don't like this story at all. So there's still a few things left for Robert the Doll. One is that he was the inspiration for the Chucky movies. Shut up. No, seriously. He was the inspiration for the Chucky movies. Well, no wonder I'm terrified of him. There you go. Chucky was the first movie that I was forced to watch as a child. The first like horror movie I was probably... I don't know, six or seven when I first saw Way Chucky. too young to be watching Chucky. Yeah, and I'm terrified of him. And Robert is freaking me out a little bit. Can you explain to me how? Chucky was a serial killer that his soul went into a doll. What's the like inspiration? Just the story. It's clearly not a direct translation. I think that they knew of Robert the doll and you know knew about the story and it was scary. I'm not going to sleep tonight. The other thing about Robert that bothers me is what's going on with Robert? How is he possessed? Yeah. Who's possessing Robert? What possessed Robert? What brought Robert about? Yeah. I mean, I guess we'd have to have a more definitive answer of where he actually came from. Did anybody actually own him before? If he was a prop in a movie, what kind of stuff did he see? He was given to him in 1908. Right. You know, it wasn't like he saw horrific. Maybe not from the movie, but who knows what what went on behind the scenes. And maybe he never was ever in a movie. We don't know. He was a prop that was made and was never used and was in the shop. He could have just been sitting on a desk while a woman was murdered and now someone's soul is in him. I mean, that's as good a guess as any. (laughs) I mean, if we're going with the whole Eugene's grandfather bought him as a gift, Uh because it seems the most realistic to me. Grandfather went to Germany. The doll's from Germany. They know it's from Germany. All those things. So that seems to make the most sense. In order for the doll to be haunted, you need something to have happened to it. And so the idea that they had a maid who practiced voodoo and had been wronged somehow and cursed the doll makes sense for Robert being Robert. That does make sense. 
do we have an egregore situation? You could have an egregore situation in every single one of these haunted dolls, honestly. Oh, yeah. Especially because dolls can just be such creepy creatures. And then you get kids who are scared of them saying that, you know, I think my doll moved or whatever. You know, what? If, if a kid tells you their doll moves, you think, oh, well, you're a kid. Of course it moves, you know, in your imagination. But does it really move? Probably. Dolls are evil. I mean, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> Don't have a lot of dolls around here. All of mine are uh, in a box in the garage, and there is a lot of duct tape wrapped around them. <laughs> they are not getting out. No, they're not. Did you see that thing I shared on Facebook of that Chucky doll that those scuba divers found? Yeah, yeah. That was clearly placed there, though. 100%, but it was placed there because it was tormenting some family, and they kept trying to get rid of it, and it kept coming oh, back. Oh, I see. So they had to chain it to a crib. It wasn't chained down there underwater to be funny. It was chained because it was... Because it's Chucky. Because it's Chucky. Yeah, and that's the only way to get rid of him. For Robert, there is a History versus Hollywood video for it. Ooh. There is a movie called Robert, based on very loosely Robert the Doll. The family is terrorized by a possessed doll... So that's all I have about Robert. I mean, that's creepier. I just thought he was like a bad luck doll. I I didn't know the story. The story is kind of scary. Yeah. Thing that's that gets me is that there are over a thousand letters on the wall in the museum that people have sent in asking Robert for forgiveness for whatever they did. Right. So clearly something is going on. Something is going on. That makes me. You know, maybe I don't believe or can't validate 100% of what's happening, but that's enough to make me, if I went to that museum and they, I don't know that I'd want to go see Robert. Nothing personal, Robert. I think I would take the risk and see him because of how demented I am, but I would be so kind. Yeah, I think I'm with you. <laughs> but it'd be really hard for me to not take a picture of him. You can take his picture. You just have to say, Robert, may I take your picture prior to taking the picture? What if he says no? Well, if, if you hear no, then you need one, don't take the picture. <laughs> Two, nope the hell out of there. GTFO. Exactly. That'd be crazy. I'm glad that you picked Robert because I wanted to know more, but I also am dreading trying to go to sleep tonight now. Yeah, sorry about that. If you have ever seen a haunted doll move or if you have a video of it, I want to see it. Send it to our email because that's creepy stuff. Or if you have other cool stories you want to share with us. Well, that's true, too. It doesn't just have to be about scary dolls. You can yeah. email us at opeaghost at gmail.com. Or visit us on our Instagram at opeaghost. Join us on Facebook in our little Facebook group, Ope a Ghost. We have a Facebook page, but the Facebook group is where it's at. Yeah, Jonathan's old, and sometimes when he does technology stuff, he gets confused. So just go with it. I do. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Toodles. Goodbye. Goodbye.